of five U.S. companies offer paid family leave for LGBT employees. This is according to LGBTMAP.org. I'm Brittany Schweitzer, and this is Calling BS. All right, I have a guest here with me. Her name is Colby Lowe, and she is a third-year medical student. And where are you at for medical school? Uh, University of Louisville, U of L. Okay, and is your residency here, or are you at that part in the program? Uh, no, no, no. I'm still just in like the school part. Residency won't be until the year after next. Gotcha. And what do you identify as? Um, I identify as queer and queer and pretty much just queer. Sometimes I laugh and say I'm gay because I think that anyone who's like on the queer spectrum just talks about being gay all the time. Yeah. But (laughs) I really hate any other label being thrown at me other than just straight up queer is what I'm living with right now. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I hate labels to begin with. <laughs> but I feel like you just gotta, you know, ask everyone. Everyone has a different preference, too, okay. on um, what they want to be and whatnot. And I believe you have a wife, is that correct? Yes, and she likes to be my wife, and I'm totally cool with her being my <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what is your coming out story? You don't have to go into depth about it, but just kind of briefly tell me kind of what happened along the way and all that fun stuff. Sure. Um, Well, when I was really little, maybe like four or five, I was always like friends with all the boys. I never really had friends that were girls. I wore overalls. I like to play sports. I like to get dirty and run around and play in the woods. Um, and then as I got older, I just kind of felt like different, but not really sure why. Cause like I didn't mind wearing dresses and I liked dressing up and like makeup was cool. Like it was okay. But like, I just kind of always thought, of myself as different, but didn't necessarily know why. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, I had boyfriends. I had the same boyfriend from the time I was like in the seventh grade until I graduated from high school, just like the same boy off and on. And when I think back to it, like I'm pretty sure we were just like best friends who like, (laughs) yeah, I was just going to say that. I was like, were you best friends? (laughs) we were best friends who hooked up and like that was just like the that was just like the only like friendship I had um and then I went to college and when I went to college I wanted to apply to a women's college so I went away to a women's college and like by October I had like dumped my boyfriend and told everyone I was gay wow You really pulled the trigger there. Yeah. And by everyone, I mean, like, the people. I I was always out when I was at school. I didn't actually come out to my family for a couple of years because there were a lot of jokes about, like, oh, you go to a women's college to turn gay. Like, oh, you're just going to – you turn gay. And I was like, 
hmm, family, this is going to be really awkward. <laughs> You're like, oh, man, if only you knew the truth. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so my sister would always, like, my uh, second oldest sister would buy me, like, Victoria's secret underwear that said, I love boys and, like, stupid shit. Like, can I say shit? Sorry. Yeah, you can cuss. I don't care. <laughs> okay. And, and then just like, it was just obnoxious. But I mean, I let them like go on with the joke until I came out to them when I was like, when I was 21. Yeah. And like, did you, was there like a defining moment or you just like knew that basically guys weren't it? Well, so there was this like, I have this really like I guess it's a this memory of being like 16 like laying on the couch and looking at my boyfriend naked and just being like I don't think I'm into this yeah but I never really like thought that maybe it was because I was into like women or just, like, queer people in general, just because I just thought, like, how could that be me? Like, I don't wear, like, super dykey clothes and <laughs> have long hair, so there's no possible way. Like, I had no point of reference for, like, someone who's femme and queer, so, like, I just, like, couldn't reconcile the two. So, like, at that moment when I was 16, and I just lived with it for the next two and a half years. Did you meet anybody that made you kind of realize it or it just kind of hit you one day? Um, I think like I always kind of toyed with the idea of like being open to being with anyone. Mm -hmm. As soon as I got to college and everyone was like, I'm gay. I'm like, well, then, yeah, I'm too. If like all of people are then like it's totally over (laughs) yeah because well for me my like defining moment was me meeting my wife like there were things that popped up over the years but I kind of I mean I dated men as well and then I met her and it was like a completely different feeling and then her and I tried for like two years in college and then we weren't together for like two and a half years. I ended up dating another woman and then we ran into each other at a bar and it's been madness ever since. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I was like the one girl that basically in a sense turned me gay. I'm with her and married to her. and She's going to keep me gay too. Yes. <laughs> well. Have you had any issues in general with people in your sexuality, like anybody questioning it or making you, I guess, just discrimination, feeling anything different like that? I mean, yeah. Like, (laughs) where should I start? I mean, I think we all have, right? Like, are you talking about, like, with my family or with my friends or, like, at work or at school? Right now is just more in general, and then I will focus on work after that. Okay, um, every once in a while, my mom will make a joke that she knows is not appropriate, I think just because she wants a reaction. So like, when I was getting engaged to my wife, and we were having, we had like a wedding shower, we didn't have like the normal traditional stuff. 
we were having a wedding shower um, in the house that I grew up in, which is in Connecticut. And so mm-hmm. a bunch of people who weren't going to come to the wedding that we had it in Louisville came to the wedding shower. And my mom made this like asinine comment, like, well, it's not even a real wedding because there's no groom. And I was like, oh you don't think that you're just saying that. And now a bunch of people are like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's so inappropriate, especially at a wedding shower. Oh, for sure. And then like my um, my cousin's wife is like not the brightest bulb. And she like asked me if I was even allowed to get married in Kentucky. And I was just like, <laughs> this is 2017. Like how, why? Like the ultimate privilege. I'm really glad you had your princess fairy tale wedding. Yeah. <laughs> like, So now we're kind of going to go rolling into work now. So in anything that you've done, even you can consider medical school also a job because I feel like that is, (laughs) I'm assuming you're doing that full time. So um, within medical school and any other jobs you've had, have you had any issues within that? Yeah, no, I mean, medicine's really still conservative um, and a lot of the people in charge making decisions are older and pretty set in their ways. So the one job that I had before medical school that was like medically related, I was scribing and like medical assisting for an older couple who were both physicians. And I wasn't out at all, even though this is the job that I had when I got engaged and I got married. And then I ultimately quit because I was coming to medical school. But I knew I couldn't be out there just because of things I heard people say. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I just remember one day the doctor was telling one of his patients the reason that there are so many, like, young gay boys is because McDonald's is putting hormones in the food. And just, just like, this wild, wild (laughs) nonsense. Yeah. And it's like, well, like, that's just ridiculous and out of control and like we had a lot of patients who came from pretty religious backgrounds as well and I just I just had no desire to like have all those conversations with these people because clearly they had proven to me they weren't all that great so having to like stay closeted and like not celebrate like the two most important relationship wise events of my life and of that time was pity mm-hmm. because like yeah. I worked with a girl who like talked about her boyfriend all the time or like the other woman would talk about her husband and I would like wear my engagement ring and I would just be like oh yeah it's just like a pretty ring that I have <laughs> oh. so, that happened but yeah I mean you don't think about how how hard it is to keep all those things in when you see so many other people celebrating those parts of their lives. Like we'd have drug reps coming in who would be getting engaged and they'd have wedding photos and they would show them to everyone and this and that. And like the weekend after my wedding, I just went back to work and that was oh. that. 
did you not do a honeymoon or anything like at some point? Oh, no, no, no. We did. We did. We did. Okay. So I quit okay. that job early so that I could go on a very like pretty extensive, like beautiful honeymoon through Europe. Okay, good. I'm happy you at least got that. Yeah, for sure. And like, that was fine. And like, that was just a shitty job anyway. And like, since I've been in medicine and in medical school, for the most part, if you get someone one-on-one and you have a conversation with them, like the first thing I do when I meet people and I'm trying to test the waters is like, I throw the fact that I have a wife out like really fucking fast to get their reaction. And like, once they're good, I like, that's, I'm like, okay, we can chat about things. But for the most part, like in like individual types of interactions I've had with people, no one's going to say anything nasty to your face, but it's really surprising when people raise their hands in class in medical school and say like really fucked up homophobic or transphobic things. And that's happened, not directed at me or anyone in particular, but just like these like absolutely horrible generalizations. And then everyone looks to you or like the other queer person and being like, Oh, what are you going to say now? What are you going to do now? So are they like afraid to deal with people in the LGBTQ community, like within medical, the medical field? Is that why they're saying things? See, um, at UofL, we have this really great thing called the equality program. And Mm -hmm. essentially it's teaching medical students kind of the basics of what it is to like have an LGBTQ patient and how to be um, competent enough. But yeah. I realize like there are people who are 22 years old, graduated from college, who don't know what it means to bi- be bisexual. Just no idea. Like, oh, hmm. if you're a girl and you're with a dude, you're not bisexual because like you're with a dude. It's like, um, not how that works. And how did no. you make it this far in life? And like, that is your understanding. Probably parents that just <laughs> cradle them in their arms and don't show them anything in the world. Oh, it's wild. It's wild. But like, thankfully, a lot of people are open to learning. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. I'm super picky about words and how things get said. And I always have a complaint because that's what I'm really good at. So (laughs) I try to keep the people who um, say nasty shit on their toes because who else is going to? I mean, it's a lot of pressure I think I put on myself to like always be the one to say something. But I don't know. I feel like otherwise, what what is the point? Because like eventually what I want to do is be like a physician mainly for LGBTQ people. So if I'm not helping now, then what's the point? Yeah. The, I mean, yeah, at this point, I mean, with everything going on, you know what I mean? Like with yeah. everything, um, with the BLM movement, um, I think that's the biggest thing is like we all have to be advocates and we all have to educate somebody. So if someone does say something out of line 
everyone is responsible for helping them learn. So I think you're you're right on it. Like if you if you don't do it, who's gonna do it? Yeah. So it's a, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy. Like like just the people that I mean, twenty two years old going to college and not even knowing what a bisexual is. I remember telling my brother being like his friends went to went to college and didn't even have a have a job ever in their life. I'm like, wow, I started working when I was like 12 years old. Oh, absolutely. It's in. Yeah. That's such a thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just it's it blows my mind. But I mean, if you're not around again, if you're not around the LGBTQ community and not trying to learn, you're not going to be very well equipped with what all everything means I guess oh for sure and I think like basic terminology like is really just the starting point obviously for these people and just like recognizing that you've been around gay people and LGBTQ people your entire life whether or not you've noticed them they're out there we're out there (laughs) um and if you're gonna be a like you're gonna have to figure that out because that do no harm that's what we all said we were gonna do so so have you had um i'm sorry for i guess my ignorance on medical school have you had to deal with patients or anything yet have you been in the hospital so at all just well we have in the first two years of medical school, they kind of just let us practice on standardized patients, so people who are acting as patients. But okay. um, we just started our third year, and so I've been in the hospital now just two and a half weeks. Um, okay. I've been at the, um, Norton's, Norton Children's on my pediatric rotation. So I've just started working with like actual people with actual things going on. Okay. Um, and when you, well, I know you said once you become a physician, you would love to specialize in LGBTQ, um, kind of starting out, do you think that you would even ever mention that you were in the LGBTQ community or do you think you kind of keep that under wraps when it comes to patients? I wear, um, a rainbow flat or like a rainbow, like L U of L L. On my uh-huh. white coat, I wear a Red Cross Celebrate Diversity pin on my white coat. I just added a trans flag pin to my white coat. I have hers. Pronouns are my pronouns. She, hers, on my white coat. So, like, I am representing pretty hard. Okay. <laughs> okay, and you're in your, what, two and a half weeks now? Has anyone said anything? I'm hoping not. Well, you. Oh. This is a good story. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> so <laughs> I did have um, like a teenage girl um, in the emergency department and I was doing like a small physical exam on her and she looked at me and she goes, I really love your pins. I have a girlfriend, you know. Oh, just like, that's so beautiful. And like, I couldn't, I mean, I didn't know what else to say because I'm like, well, you're, you're a child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, I was like, oh, see, it means something. Like the kids, kids yeah. are always looking. So that was that's amazing. That is a good story. <laughs> what about um, like physicians or um, what's the proper term that that are your 
underneath right now, like watching you. But it's like uh, we have um, the interns and the residents are our bosses, Mm -hmm. and then the uh, attending is like the head physician. And no one's really said anything. The intern who's right above me that I'm working with also has a a pronoun button on his um, name tag, which is cool. Yeah. Um, But no one's really... No one's really said anything. Well, that's good. At least you haven't had anything yet. Do you kind of expect that you're going to have any issues in the rest of medical school? Um, I'm at this point in my life as, like, I was a non-traditional student, so I started medical school five years after I'd finished undergrad. So I had some time to like live as a real person. Um, Mm -hmm. So now that I'm pushing 30, 29 years old, I feel like I'm at this place where if someone gives me a hard time for like my sexuality or like gender expression, identity, then that's going to tell me all I need to know about that person. And that's going to give me a lot of information moving forward for like the kind of place that I want to end up working eventually or where I'm going to go from, from here. You know, I I don't really, I don't really fear any sort of like, I don't know, I guess punitive anything from people. Uh, Maybe I should, but I don't, I feel like if I yell, they did this because I'm gay. There are plenty of people in the school of medicine who would help me out, which is nice. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too worried. I feel like at this point I'm like so sure of who I am that I can definitely hold my own with another adult who wants to come at me for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just even talking to you, you sound confident in who you are from, from now, from before, when you had, what a, what was the other job that you worked at? That was medical assisting. Medical assistant. That that one sounded a little, a little, it was not shady. the best. Yeah. <laughs> not the work. Um, yeah. You definitely sound like you're way more confident, which is amazing. Um, I feel like there's moments, even like for me, that I'm just because I'm 28, so I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. And there's still moments where I'm like, it just depends on the people. But my wife is very, this is my wife. And she would re- yell it on the rooftop. She would defend us in a heartbeat. And me, it's just like, depends on the person. <laughs> so yeah. we all differently, totally I guess. Real. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally valid. And um, do you think, <clears throat> sorry. You're fine. Do you? Do you think that you'll have to continue coming out to patients um, if once you're a physician for yourself, anybody that works for you or under you? I mean, I think, like, queer people are just always coming out whether or not they want to be as soon as they talk about their lives. <laughs> like, it's just like, I came out today to five people. I They probably are never going to remember who I am, but, like, I had to come out with them. <laughs> but, I mean... I think, so, flashback, when I was first, when I had first graduated from college, I was a high school teacher, and I kind of kept from the kids that I was gay, or queer, or whatever I was at the time, 
for a while. And then when I decided it was time to come out, like when it comes to like people I'm working with in like a public setting, I mean, public high school, like I just decided I'm never going to be closeted about that anymore. Cause I think kids need to see real queer people doing real professional things and living real lives and having healthy relationships and so mm-hmm. do adults. And I mean, I want to work with kids and adults and I don't think being closeted or hiding my identity is going to help anyone. I mean, it put a lot of pressure on me, put a lot of stress on me, but also like kids, especially kids. And I mean, everyone needs to see that like my relationship is healthy and beautiful and love is incredible wherever you find it. And that's just the way it is. So. Oh, that makes my heart so happy. (laughs) We need more people like you out there. Letting the younger generations know that like we're here, we're doing it, we're rocking it and we support them. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Do you have any last minute um, thoughts, tips for anybody either coming out like within their career or anything like that? Um, I mean, no one has to come out. Um, I totally respect people who wait until they have more. mm, What's the word I'm looking for? I waited until I was a medical student to come out because I felt at that point I had a little bit more, not authority, but I'm trying to figure the right word. But when you're just in the beginning of your career and, and you don't feel safe to come out, don't feel forced to come out. But I just think as you move up and you move on and you move on to bigger and better things, like the more you can be open, the more good you'll do for people. And I mean... Everyone needs to see queer people being happy, healthy, and successful. Um, So hopefully people will feel empowered um, to do that. And then maybe eventually if you're in charge of a bunch of people, then you can create an environment where the people who are maybe on the lower rungs feel like they can come out earlier than maybe you did. And that way, maybe this cycle of closeted, sadness can be disrupted yes oh my gosh well god thank you so much colby i really appreciate everything that you've had to say your stories they've been amazing and i truly think that what even just the just what you have to say is going to help somebody out there so thank you so much for being on my podcast i highly appreciate it thank you it was a pleasure 